Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Money Mentors Podcast. I'm Glenn Fairburn, and I co-host this program with Nathan Lear. Um, we're proudly brought to you by Hewlison Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Um, as we always say, this podcast is to improve your financial literacy and financial awareness. Um, and we always discuss a number of different topics that we hope are useful for our listeners. Um, this week, we're going to have a bit of a chat about gold. Um, it's probably one of the oldest investments um, that's out there. It does have some uses, but there's also a lot of critics of gold. Um, so Nathan and I just sort of break it down, have a look at the history um, and the pros and cons of perhaps including gold within your portfolio. Um, so we hope you enjoy the podcast and always remember this is general advice only. So always seek advice before implementing anything that we talk about. We hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. Um, Nathan, today I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about gold um, and in particular how and why it's used in portfolios and, and just have a bit of a discussion about the pros and cons. So looking at how it can benefit your portfolio but also perhaps being more, more critical of it and, and just explaining some of the downsides of using gold. Um, but before perhaps we have a discussion about that, I thought it might be worthwhile just having a, a bit of a brief look at um, the history of gold. Um, and look, I suppose early on, so if we look at two, 3000 BC, it was probably more commonly used as, as jewellery. Um, and it wasn't really until you know, around 500 BC that gold started to act as a currency. Um, so really prior to that, the way that people trade was really with that barter system where they might trade one good for another. Um, but as the value of gold increased from nation to nation or, or within nations, it, it did become more commonly used as a way to transact. Um, and that really did continue along with other valuable commodities like silver and so forth um, until really the early 1900s where the US established the Federal Reserve and basically started issuing what's called a promissory note um, that guaranteed that the notes could be redeemed in gold. So basically, people were able to use promissory notes in, um, in, to replace gold. Obviously, transacting with gold can be beneficial, but obviously, given its size and its weight, it can be very difficult to trade in large scale. So the US Federal Reserve created these promissory notes um, and, and effectively had the cur- their currency backed by gold until the early 1970s, um, where... I suppose it's more commonly used now in, in fiat currencies, which are basically currencies that aren't, aren't backed by any particular asset. So I suppose when you look throughout history, gold was probably more commonly used than what it is today. Um, but really, even today, it's still used quite widely within portfolios. Um, so I thought we'd just have a bit of a discussion as to why within a portfolio you would want to use gold. Uh, I mean, that's just to kick things off, what, what what do you think one of the main reasons for using gold within a portfolio might be for a for an asset manager or just an individual who's who's managing wealth? Sure, Glenn. So I think the the, the main reason, from my understanding, why why someone would want to include gold in their portfolio is really around. It's a bit of a well. Firstly, it's it's a form of diversification, I suppose. So that's probably the first thing. So you know, generally, a portfolio will consist of. Uh, you know, various assets, whether it's property, shares, fixed income. Gold is a, a commodity, so gold is something different. So uh, it, it is 
uh, as we've spoken about previously with the benefits of diversification is that different asset classes don't move perfectly in line. So they're negative, negatively correlated and gold is one of those things as well, which is different to other things. So that's probably, diversification is probably the first thing I'd say, but probably the the more practical reason that people would include gold is because it is seen as somewhat of a um, an inflation hedge. So generally speaking, um, and this maybe was more kind of prominent in years gone by when currencies perhaps were less stable and they could uh, significantly appreciate in, in value or which really devalues its its worth. Um, gold is a more tangible asset and, and was used as a store of value. So I'd say they're probably the two things that stand out for me, portfolio diversification and also a bit of a hedge against inflation. So, so just expanding on the the, the reason regard, like with inflation, for example, so so, so it's basically uh, when, when you're looking at gold and, and you're presented with a situation where there's high inflation. So if we go back to the you know, early 70s, late 80s, where inflation was quite high, basically in that situation, the, the real value of any cash that you might hold is eroded, isn't it? Because let's just say you've got um, $100 in cash at, at a certain point of time, if there's significant inflation, if that if you're just still holding that $100 in cash, then over a period of time, the value of that cash can erode, can't it? Yeah, you can't buy as much with that $100 because everything else costs exactly. a lot more. So the real value of that cash has eroded versus gold, which because the valuation of that gold is, is basically driven by demand and supply, isn't it? Yeah, so like, any, like any commodity. Any commodity. Yep. So assuming that the supply is not going to increase substantially over a short period of time, um, and demand continues as, as people continue to demand it. It, it does provide that nat- sort of natural hedge against inflation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I mean, we'll speak about maybe some of the, the, the negatives of gold in a moment, so I won't go there now. But yeah, I think generally speaking, that's why people have or will look to put gold in a portfolio. And also, you know, generally when, when markets are, are bad, you know, generally or, you, know, you go through a... Um, periods of negative share market performance quite often gold will be a better performer because gold is perceived safety kind of like bonds are you know a bit of a flight to say a flight to safety gold's a little bit a little bit the same people people will reshuffle into say gold so just to expand on that so we've spoken about obviously a period of high inflation which we haven't really had for a long period of time probably not until i think the late sort of 90s we had higher inflation, but really mm. since the late 80s, early 70s, that we haven't had substantial inflation. Um, and I suppose in more recent times, as you were saying, gold's been more used as a bit of a safe haven asset. Um, and I suppose one of the main reasons for that is that when you look back to the global financial crisis where there was issues around, uh, in particular in the financial services sector, concerns that the global economy might be moving into recession, obviously if there is a recession, that can impact company earnings. Um, which therefore impacts share prices. Um, it can also impact property. Probably didn't impact property so much in Australia, but other parts of the world, the US, Europe, property values fell substantially because obviously the ability for people to repay was reduced somewhat. So I suppose the attractiveness of gold in that situation is that it's not linked to any of those things whatsoever, is it? Um, there's there's no impact on its on its value really in in that sort of climate. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that, that's that, that's the reasons why. Yep, spot on. And if you're wanting to preserve your wealth, um, that's where I suppose gold does tend to perform better um, in in those times of um, sort of doom, doom and gloom. Um, I, I suppose the other 
advantage of, of gold um, historically has been when the US dollar has reduced in value um, because gold is priced in in US dollars, generally, if, if the US dollar is depreciating against all other currencies, so its its value in, in, in nominal terms is reducing, the price of gold can increase. But I suppose when you're looking at some of the advantages of gold, it's very much a trader's sort of investment, isn't it? Because you really need to yeah. be in a position where you're timing different cycles within the economy, um, like whether it's a high inflationary environment, whether you're going through... Um, an, an economic downturn or whether you think the US dollar m may decline, they're all things that are very, very difficult to predict, aren't they? Yeah, it's de I definitely agree with that. It's more of a trading a trading investment or asset class. You know, you compare it, well, uh, look at the returns. Like you go back through, you know, the the 100 years of data or whatever and compare it to, to shares and property and it's, it's, it's much lower than shares and property, um, you know, which... And generally, most most investors have a long term buy and hold approach. So, if you take that long term buy and hold approach, you would be better to invest in in say shares and property. So, arguably, if if your your long term strategy is to accumulate wealth, um, I think we've sort of spoken about some of the advantages of using gold to mitigate or to minimise the impact of a downturn. But really, from as, as a pure wealth accumulation asset, history has shown that it doesn't really provide those opportunities does it because effectively over a long period of time the only thing that will dictate the price of gold is demand and supply unlike shares in companies that you know are growing and and um, reinvesting profits and so forth and potentially increasing the distributions that they're providing to shareholders or property which um, is, is I suppose a scarce resource where people demand and you can develop and do all sorts of things you can't really do anything with gold can you yeah, that's probably the the interesting one. And as you were just saying that, I was thinking about it with property. I mean, at the end of the day, property. You're right. You can develop property, but it is land, isn't it? Property. Yeah. And, and prop, how's that valued? Supply and demand. And, and gold is the gold is the exact same thing. Supply and demand. People have seen value in gold for for centuries and centuries. Um, maybe because it was an appealing looking commodity. It's like shiny and it's. Yeah. And it's, um, you know how dense it is, and it can be made into uh, other other things, like melted and, and made into other things. And um, so, yeah, look, I think it is. It's very different to to shares and property. Obviously, like shares, I completely agree. Like that's, you know, I know as Warren Buffett always talks about, you know, you can invest in shares, and um, you know they're they're going to grow earnings and grow wealth over time and compound. And gold's a little bit different. I think you, it is very much a supply and demand game. Yeah, I think with gold. So if we move on to why perhaps or what are the disadvantages of investing in gold, I think just what you touched on briefly there, comparing it with shares or property, I suppose one of the major disadvantages with owning hard gold is that you don't get there any, there's no income distribution, is there? Like if you mm -hmm. buy gold bullion, there's no return from a cash flow perspective when you compare that perhaps with a, a share or a property. Yeah, d definitely like, Exactly right. So sh most shares, well, not all shares, but a lot of shares will pay income, and and the most property you can you can you can rent it to somebody, even if it's farm with no building on it, you can you can rent it to somebody. But but gold, yeah, you're not going to derive any income whatsoever. So you're just purely relying on that capital appreciation, which yeah. a is unknown, and b uh, if you go back through longer periods of time, is shown to underperform shares and property. And I suppose the only way you can really extract an income out of gold is by and, and this is probably a bit of a segue into 
one topic that I wanted to have a brief discussion about was actually how you can invest in gold because obviously you can buy hard gold but it's very difficult to store. Another way to get exposure to gold is by buying shares in, in, a, um, in, a, in a miner of gold. Now, I suppose depending on what company you invest in, there are some of those companies that do pay distribution. So there is a way to, I suppose, have an exposure to gold and still get some income. But I suppose the concern in that, given the, I suppose, the volatile nature of the price of gold, is that those distributions aren't necessarily reliable. So I suppose it's just one thing to bear in mind when you're looking at gold that you're not going to get a regular income from it, are you? Yeah, that, that's right. And just on, on the point you mentioned in terms of how to buy it, of course you can, of course you can buy the physical. You can buy physical physical gold bullion, um, which does incur costs. And there's obviously going to be transaction fees, like when you buy any asset. There's, you know, there'd be brokerage of some sort, or you know, you're paying a dealer a fee, for example. Um, you have to think about where you're going to store that gold. You know, you might have to pay storage fees. You might want to hold it at your home, but then that could be obviously risky in itself, and you might need. Not might need to think about things like insurance. Yeah, so the holding costs are quite high, aren't they? If you do yeah. own physical gold. Yep, definitely. Um, I mean, you mentioned you can buy shares in gold producers, which is definitely something that can be done. Another common way to gain access to gold is via an exchange traded fund. Um, so, I mean, that's quite common. You can go on the market and buy um, uh, an exchange traded fund, which will give you underlying exposure to gold. So, th- so those funds are created to basically track the price of gold, aren't they? That's right. So they may be. Uh, so synthetic, so not it might not actually be real backed by physical gold, but they're designed in a way where they'll track the underlying price of gold, which yeah might suit some people. Yeah. Might suit some people. I think the advantage of that is that there's a lower cost way to have exposure to gold, isn't it? But just easier, lower cost. I mean, yeah, you know, buying ten thousand dollars worth of gold or a hundred thousand dollars worth of gold, as you were saying, the issues in in holding that can be quite substantial. So yeah, de- definitely the the creation of those sorts of instruments. So um, gold exchange traded funds. Um, can be a lot more beneficial perhaps than 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 holding physical gold. Um, but I think you know when you look at any investment, in the end, the performance is what paints that picture, isn't it? As to whether it's an effective long-term investment or not. Um, and I think one of the main things that I suppose disincentivizes me, in particular, from looking at gold as a long-term asset, is that the long-term performance is effectively tracked inflation. So unless you're sort of trading your portfolio and trying to pick different times in the market, whether it's an economic downturn or inflation, um, I suppose the proof's in the pudding that in the longer term, the price of gold in, in real dollar terms has, has really just tracked inflation, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about that a few times already. It is, it, it's, if you take that long-term buy and hold view, uh, I don't know if gold would be a good investment for anybody um, I, I know a lot of people that are that are you know fear the Armageddon scenarios. They'll they'll buy a lot of gold, and um, if a market has a severe downturn, gold I have no doubt will probably outperform. But once again, that's that's timing a market, and it's a very difficult thing to do. Another analogy that I really like, and I know we we talk about Warren Buffett quite a bit, um, but I suppose it's because he's you know makes some interesting comments about a number of different sort of assets and investments and investment themes and so forth. Um, and, and a comment that he made a number of years ago was that if you took all the gold in the world, it would roughly make a r- roughly make a cube sixty to seven feet um, on, on a side, um, which would be worth about seven trillion dollars, um, which is which is a third of the value of all, which was at the time a third of the value 
of all the stocks in the US. So if you took all the physical gold that had ever been mined and valued it, basically what he's saying is that would be worth about $7 trillion. This was at that particular time. So his, his sort of analogy or his point was, what would you prefer to own? Would you prefer to have $7 trillion in gold or would you prefer to have companies like some of the largest companies in the world? So he, he's, he, that was sev- at the time, that was seven Exxon Mobiles. So I'm not saying that you want to go, that Exxon Mobil is a great company to invest in. But at the time, you could have bought seven Exxon Mobiles, which was the largest company at that particular time. Now, I suppose an analogy in, in present day would be like an Apple. So Apple's worth less than a trillion dollars. What would you prefer to own? Seven apples or one or, or, or all the gold in the world? Like, I, th- I think that's a pretty good analogy. And I think most people would have perhaps a, a similar answer. Um, but there, there could also be a bit of both. I think that's where it's important, as you were saying, understand the diversification. But don't yeah. think perhaps that gold is going to be the asset that, that leads you to sort of wealth accumulation over a long period of time. Because I don't think history shows that, that it does that. Yeah, the, the, I mean Warren Buffett says it better than anyone with his analogies, and and I think there's a there's a similar one about the in, in a stadium that that it doesn't even fill up, however much of a stadium yeah, yeah. might have been in that one there I can't remember, but um, humans are humans are funny people, and for whatever reason you know we've 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 valued gold at a certain level, and, and for whatever reason it's gone up a lot over not as much as maybe other things like property and shares, but it has gone up in value, so. People value it higher. I mean, there is a there is a use for gold, not jewelry and things like that. It's probably not overly practical most of it, but um, yeah, it's it's difficult to know what's going to happen going forward in terms of how people are going to value it. That's for sure. I think if anything, I mean, we've tried to paint a little bit of a picture as to the pros and cons of of having gold. I don't think we're saying not to put gold in your portfolio. I think it's as we always say, it generally comes down to what your situation is. Um, but longer term, I think the more diversified a portfolio is, it's important that we always have a portfolio that can um, be in a position where it minimizes the impact of a downturn. Because in particular, if, if you're sort of later in life and, and you can't afford to have your portfolio fluctuate substantially in value, then maybe gold within the portfolio can be a good asset to have. Because we've seen that in periods of substantial downturn, how gold can perform well and, and just really um, mitigate the impact of a, of a falling equity or a, or a falling property market. Um, now, if you look at the return of gold compared to perhaps the S&P 500 in the last 10 years, so the 10 years up until, well, I've, I've got stats here till January 2018, um, the S&P 500 has returned 10% per annum, whereas gold only returned 3%. So that, that's in that sort of 10-year which has basically been a bull market. So in, in that sort of environment, people aren't really encouraged to invest in gold because everything else is doing pretty well. So what, you know, why would you want to invest in gold? However, the 10 years prior to that, um, or the 10-year period from November 2002 through to October 2012, which was effectively a fairly um, dire market for equities and property, the gold price was rising at 18% annually. Um, whereas, which is 440% over that 10-year period where the S&P 500 had only risen by 58%. So timing's everything. Yeah. So for the 10 years where we went through a very, very dull period with equities, um, gold outperformed equities by almost 10 times 
Whereas for the last 10 years, um, it's been the complete reverse. That, that's right. I mean, gold gold will definitely outperform in, in bear markets and will underperform in bull markets. And those statistics were really good that you just highlighted. They they paint the picture perfectly. And I, I just had another stat that I found really interesting. I mean, one of the issues with gold is the volatility and, and, and just annually, or just to pick out two years, in 2010, uh, the price climbed by 30%. 2010. So basically, the height of the fear within the GFC. Yep. But then in 2000 and uh, where am I? 2013, it fell by about 28%. So mm. it can have wild swings as well within years, like like equity markets can as well. But I think gold's a little bit more hard to predict. It's more speculative, isn't it? Because it's, as as was trying to explain earlier, it, it's the performance of gold is really driven by people's perceptions as to what the economies are doing. And also what markets are doing. Now, if you say that longer term markets, 80% of the time they go up, 20% they go down, then that's probably the, the flip side for gold, isn't it? Where maybe 20% of the time it goes up, 80% of the time it's fairly flat. But I think the, the key consideration there is that you're not investing in gold to grow wealth, but you may be investing in it to protect your wealth. And I think that's probably one of the the key messages to mm. consider when you're putting together a portfolio. It's not always about investing in assets they're going to provide the greatest return because we all know that markets don't always go up. And if, if you're in a position where you're relying on that portfolio to meet your needs, then perhaps you don't want a portfolio that's heavily correlated to the um, correlated to the share market or property market. So having some gold and other types of assets can really just mitigate that risk. Um, so look, on that note, we'll just wrap, wrap things up. We hope you enjoyed the discussion, but as always... If you are considering gold as an investment, um, we would strongly encourage you to seek advice from your advisor. Um, Speak to you all again next week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Please, as we always say, check out Hewison Private Wealth at our website, which is www.hewison.com.au. You can also find us via the various social media platforms, so Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, We'd also really appreciate if you leave feedback Um, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Um, Once again, hope you enjoy the podcast and we look forward to speaking to you all again next week.